Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Mixtape Mixtape Podcast Podcast. I'm your host, Julia. And I'm your host, Mike. Each week, we pick a topic and we make you a mix. This week? What is this week's topic, Julia? This week, we celebrate the 40th anniversary of the Sony Walkman. That's right. It's 40 years old, and so we're playing songs from 1979. The Sony Walkman is a tiny stereo cassette player with truly incredible sound. Put on a Walkman and see the world in a whole new light. The Walkman from Sony, the one and only. Banter. Banter. Go, Mike, banter. Banter, 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 banter. <laughs> um, hey, guys. Welcome to the podcast. Um, as you get heard in our episode, not guest, we're, <laughs> we're talking about uh, 1979, specifically like first talking about the Sony Walkman. Yes. That kind of revolutionized music because it was your on-the-go on like music player. We take it for granted about how big of a deal the Sony Walkman was. I mean, and then the Discman to follow as well, but the Sony Walkman itself was amazing because up until that point, all you had was a radio that you could carry portably yes. with you. And they had like headphones that had radios built in. You see those around uh, and other things. But you, you know, what you can't, what, it's like you now you have this portable thing to play whatever you wanted, whenever you wanted. And so it was amazing. It was amazing. And cassettes, I mean, it really, and it absolutely fueled the cassette market. The cassette totally. Market and crazy. I, I'm pretty sure it fueled the rise of mixtapes because absolutely. you're not going to want to carry around 20 different cassettes with you that you want to play. So you're going to make a mixtape of your favorite hits. The cassette did that for sure, <laughs> for sure. And yeah, and this is the one way, I mean, you'd give it to somebody and now you have, they have their own little like personalized radio show they could play for themselves yeah. you know it's amazing you can go run with it you're yep. walking down the street the first yep. it's your first chance to ignore strangers while you're doing your daily tasks well let me ask you this what was your first walkman do you remember it i think i had a yellow one I had like a, yellow a sporty one a, a yellow a sporty sport. one so i in 1985 i don't know when it was <laughs> but uh my brother no my brother and my mom Somebody gave me for Christmas the yellow one, and it was a sport one. It had like a gasket in it, so you could like close it, and no moisture would get in it. Oh. So you could sweat on it, I guess, or take Mm -hmm. it to the beach or whatever you want. And a little clip that clipped over, so it kind of kept it secure. It had these really cool buttons that like, you know, were kind of covered, and they weren't exposed, so you could hit play and pause and stuff. It was really cool. That's fancy. Yeah, and it had the really cool, it had in-ear like buds almost. Oh, nice. They were like sport ones that kind of went in your ear. (laughs) So imagine an earbud, but then with a band around it, and that's kind of how it was. Well, and thinking about it, the headphones for a Walkman or a Discman were tiny. Like if you wear the -the over-the-ear ones, they were so tiny, they pretty much just fit like your actual eardrum. Yeah. Um, Look at Michael J. Fox in in uh, yeah <laughs> yeah in uh, Back to the Future yeah and they're just these little little like things. It's weird for me to have to explain that to people. It's like you know, of course you know what that looks like. We all know what that looks mm-hmm. like, but 
You know what? I think now people don't. I think people don't. No, definitely. Like, not aware and don't pay it. attention. Even CDs or like how to burn. Someone, it was a meme or something about someone who didn't know how to burn a CD. Oh, geez. <laughs> and I'm like, that's literally all I did during summer vacations was just yeah. burn music. Yeah. Hell, that's, yeah, of course. When, when that technology became available, okay, here's <clears> dating <throat> me. I had, I dated this girl for a long time that had a two disc disc man for or a two disc uh cd player for burning there was one and you could burn it to this one that's legit business that was amazing dude (laughs) i was like what is this witchcraft i don't know what this is so but you have an article right you looked at the article so in in honor of the 40th anniversary of the walkman sony is re-releasing their acclaimed walkman um but it's a little bit different it's very modernized so it comes with an H, an S Master HX digital ampli- amplifier, whatever, to provide high resolution and reduce distortion. And it has something where it can make songs sound like vinyl. What? <clears throat> what? But it has 26 hours of battery life. Basically, basically, it's an iPhone that looks like a Walkman. Oh, that's kind of cool. That's what oh, it you're is. You're talking about the modern one. I the, mo- the old one. Oh, no, like, this no. is the one that they're, they're releasing for the anniversary. Oh. Cool. I'm not talking about an old-fashioned one. I'm talking about the I was going to say re-release. that's very high yes. for what it was back then. But, which is kind of a bummer because if you're going to re-release it, like make an actual cassette player. That's what I'm saying. You're really good at making cassette players. You were really good at it at one time. Like, why don't you just keep doing that? Yeah, I don't understand why they're doing this. Well, I don't want to interrupt your story, but yes. our, our listeners don't know that somebody had a birthday this week. Oh, boy. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Do I have okay. to open it? This is specifically yes. so I that guess. I do this on the show. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why. So I'm going to read the card this. out loud to it everybody. It doesn't make really good podcast material, but that's okay. It says it's <laughs> birthday, bitch. And it oh, has a picture of Britney Spears on it. Yes, with Britney. I'm not going to read this out loud, but it's a very cute card. <laughs> <laughs> so Julie is opening up her card right now, and I don't know. I'm reading it. I don't even know what the gift is, so I was told that we have to do this on air. So Christina did all of this. Obviously, so. I'm the one that does the shopping. You guys are sweet. You're this actually so a really cute. hard person to shop for. I know. Julie's like, when, when, <clears throat> when the woman particular. who has everything, I'm what particular, do you get the woman? but then I, I like everything, but I'm very particular about the types of things. Like, yeah. I, I'd uh, rather just get things myself. Yeah, hate, me too. I'm I hate putting way. people through the ordeal of getting me something. Yeah, I hope this is That's cool. why that isn't that is. serious. <laughs> this bag is super cute, though. A kazoo, that tune. I have never heard of this. <laughs> So is this like an old an old game that they made new again? Yes. Oh, it's so cute. Oh, we're gonna have to play this on the show for sure. It's called um, Kazoo That Tune, kind of like the the mixtape game. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but basically, you're gonna have to play the song on the kazoo, and you have to guess what it is. Oh, that's gonna be a disaster. So that's, <laughs> that's gonna be a complete disaster. Mike's gonna hate us at the end of that game. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's gonna be pretty uh, good. You're gonna though. be like, what? You don't know? It's clearly hit me, baby, one more time. Because it's the only song I'm going to play. Yeah. A very cute tote, tote bag. Yeah. Oh, super cute. See? Oh. I like it. So for our audience who doesn't know, <coughs> Julie is the queen. Excuse me. Of color. <coughs> of tote bags as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Follow me at your local bag lady on Instagram. 
Perfect. Where I post all the different tote bags that I Wait, have. Wait, there's more? Jeez, what's in there? A piece of paper. Yeah, oh. it's just for the bag. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> That's very sweet. Thank you, guys. You're I really awesome. appreciate that. All right. All right. Well, enough about me because I hate it. Let's get back to this because this has kind of made me upset as the curmudgeon in the group. Like, why make a why make a Walkman that is essentially an iPod? I know because that's just dumb. We have them in our phones. We don't need it. Like, is there somebody who's really nostalgic for Sony gear? That's like for the look of it, though. Or there's someone that's nostalgic for an iPod because I know I am. I have (laughs) one. I have a. I have one with a wheel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I want like an iPod again, like a, one of the bigger ones, because I want to keep my music separate from all the phone my phone. Stuff. Yeah. Now I don't need to keep that stuff on my phone. It's the most annoying thing when you are listening to like one of your favorite songs and somebody fucking calls you right in the middle of it. You're just yeah. like, son of a bitch. Wow. Okay. That's aggressive. <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, so I actually have two iPhones for that purpose. <laughs> so, for that purpose? No, I have uh-huh. an old iPhone. I'm not going to use it. So that's that's the music phone now. But uh, cool. Well, so this this technology, this this revolution technology, no matter what happened to it now, where it gets marketed a, a different way for nostalgia uh, collectors who want to put their digital files on something, whatever. In 1979, it was revolutionary. So, it was revolutionary. And it turns out doing research for this, we both discovered this. I, I think we both kind of knew, but it's amazing. Like people talk about 1977 being a rad year for punk music in general. But 79 was an amazing year for music. Every seminal record yeah. by every um, seminal band yeah, came yeah. out in 79. No, you're right. No, you're right. And and you know, you think of it, it's timed perfectly because punk rock had its time to kind of join the mainstream, so to speak, yes, and kind of be that... like, now, people aren't wondering what it is. They, they firmly know what it is. Mm-hmm. And then you have bands like The Clash, who, who are definitely on this list, that um, that, you know, they're probably up to their third record by now before. Yeah, third, yeah. London Calling was their third record. That came out in 79. So, so yeah, they're, uh, you know, you got bands that are now punk bands that are still as hard edge as they were, but now they're experimenting with reggae and with ska and with other things, yeah. you know, and, and rockability <clears throat> and whatnot. So it's like you have these punk artists say, no, no, we're artists. We're not just, we're not just these, you know, we're, we're just, we're not just kids banging drums. We're, we're you know, we're actual artists. And art evolves. It always evolves. Because artists always get bored. They always get bored. So if Yeah, you, that's why you end up with bands like PIL. Exactly. Had a, an album come out in 79. And Absolutely. that is a mixture of Sex Pistols. Yep. And I don't know who else. Uh, who else? PL, PIL, well, had, had John Lydon in it. Oh, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the Sex Pistols portion. But uh, I don't know if Steve Jones was in that. We gotta look I don't that remember. Up. I'll look it up. But, you, okay. you know, that's... Like you were saying with the Clash, it's just people experimenting. It's a seven. The seventies were just great, I guess, for music. Yeah, for sure. And then it, it is kind of a transition into the eighties, where you see um, bands like Joy Division mm-hmm. and it, Talking Heads and Human League start to emerge too. Right, yeah, and sure. that is that transition from punk into more of this like. Um, not even new romantic, but more. It's a, post, it's um, a post-punk thing, I think, is what it really <clears throat> is. Electronic yeah, music, and it's getting into that more uh, hard electronic and more ambient stuff, and even mm-hmm. harder edge electronic stuff. But I think it's easy for us because of the way our show is skewed to get into a lot of that. So I made sure that I picked some other stuff that was new releases and new artists in 1979. So because if you're thinking about it, if this if this podcast and this list is meant to um, to feature people who may have bought a, a 
a Walkman and put a tape in, they probably weren't listening to Joy Division. <laughs> Maybe they were. Um, you know, they were probably yeah, listening to, uh, you know, ELO or Van Halen <laughs> or something. You know, I don't know. So There was... I pulled up like a Wikipedia page for every album that came out in 79. Okay. So much. I know. It's so, so much. much. That's but what I got too. So I, what I went for with mine is a little more like um, <clears throat> some obscure stuff, but then a lot of mainstream stuff. So. Yeah, I did a lot of main uh, stuff I like basically. Oh, I didn't do but, anything um, I really like except for the question. <laughs> you should go first because I went okay. first last time. All right. Well, uh, I'm not, uh, I'm just, you know what? It's easy to play the Clash, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to play the Boomtown Rats. Okay. So uh, Bob Geldof, the Boomtown Rats. This song is called "I Don't Like Mondays," and it was their, I think it was their second hit off of this this record. But in 1979, um, it was actually uh, written after a school shooting that happened in San Diego. Yeah. So I think it was a 14 year old girl. Mm-hmm. Um, like her, she had a weird relationship with her father. I'm pretty sure there was some really bad stuff that happened in there. But I think he got her a gun for her birthday. Oh, that's good. Hey. It was a gift from her dad. Yay. And then the, she started shooting at a bunch <clears throat> of elementary school kids is what it was. And then like a, the bus driver tried to block the front of the school with the bus. I think he died and I think the principal died. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And then when a negotiator called her on the phone to get her to stop, or I guess they asked her, like, why are you doing this? Her response was, I, I don't, don't like, like money. Yeah. And so for those of you who thought it had anything to do with Garfield, you are wrong. <laughs> so here it is. Here's the Boomtown Rats with I Don't Like Mondays. And nobody's going to go to school today. She's going to make them stay at home. Daddy doesn't understand it. He always said she was good as gold. And he can see no reasons Cause there are no reasons What reason do you need to be shown? Whoa, 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 whoa. Tell me why I don't like Mondays Tell me why I don't like Great pick. I think it's a good way to start out 1979. Yeah. Um, I don't love... Like, I love the story behind it, but I don't love that it came from that. Like, it's obviously oh, a tragedy, course. but... Yeah, of course. But, it's a great song, though, right? Yeah. I mean, I... And, to hear to to he have pop music kind of take on an issue like that, and now I mean being so topical, who knew at that time that was kind of a a novelty sad song then, and now that's just such a fitting, you know, uh, that's I mean such a, a fitting sign of our times. I mean, well, I feel like now you wouldn't be able to write a song like that. Like no, I think oh, people no. would have say like kidding? it's too crass, like it's inappropriate, like for sure, it's it's yeah. For sure, for sure, and and uh, yeah, and it and it yeah it would be. Are you kidding? It's so PC now. I mean, people get so sensitive about everything, and of mm-hmm. course, they have a right to be completely sensitive about that. Exactly, totally. So yeah, I I don't know. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I great song though, and I just I I gotta say, like man, that Bob Geldof for him to you know, I don't know for for him to write that stuff, come from a punk rock background, and then kind of be on kind of on the cutting edge of music at that time and dude i gotta figure out how to turn that <laughs> notification off i know i know everybody knows how to do that but I you're don't, a so. very busy man yeah so but uh you know bob geldoff himself was so committed to causes i mean obviously he started live aid he wrote you know um do they know it's christmas like he got everybody together for that and if you've watched the queen movie you know bob geldoff is actually plays a role in it uh still haven't seen that okay yeah he's in it but okay anyway 
you got a guy like that, man, who's, he just, you know, he used the stardom for something. And he's actually mm-hmm. now like a, I think I read he was like the royal, he's of the knight of the royal order. Like he's, you know, the queen is like, which means uh, as Americans, sorry, sorry, British people, Britons, as you like to be called, I, we don't know what that means. I don't know what it means. <laughs> we have no point of reference to being, I, I guess it's the highest honor. So one of the highest honors. So perfect. Cool. But yeah, well, why don't you go? What's yours? So I'm going to pick a band, Gang of Four. So a very influential post-punk group that emerged. I've uh, never heard of Gang of Four. Really? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you're a liar. You know everything. You be lying. Um, be lying. Osama been lying over here. <laughs> <laughs> Such a dork. So, um, the kind of nerd. like it's a very like stripped down punk sound, um, and it has I feel like like uh, not electronicy but kind of dancey more yeah. than a typical punk sure band. Um, but this is not great men. Awesome. It's not paper great men. It's not paper great men. That's a great choice. Um, a great Thank band. You. you know, it's bands like that that kind of are sparse. And, I mean, very Devo sounding, Devo esque, is, you know, I think. Um, without a lot of the electronica, they're more a little, they're a little more obviously garagey and sparse, you know, instruments, but really cool. Yeah. And if you think of bands now like Franz Ferdinand, oh, like exactly. that's totally, totally their sound. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, that's what I thought when Franz Ferdinand came out because they came out kind of when the Strokes came out. And yeah, was that saying, whole like, the, new, early two thousand. I was, I was like, wave. okay, the Strokes are a great band, but they're a, a lot of the Velvet Underground. I mean, you know, they're uh-huh. they're, they're a lot of that going on, and uh, and I think uh, you know it was the same thing with the, with that with Gang of Four and totally. uh, and Franz Ferdinand. So that's really cool. Um, well, let's see. Uh, I'm not going to play The Clash yet. It will. They will be played. They had the biggest record in 1979, so I'm not going to do it now. Um, what I'd like to play is a band that we play a lot of, uh, surprisingly, on this show. I didn't realize it until I was looking this song up in 1979 when it came out. But it's the, it's the song is called Hold the Line. By? Love is an always on time by the band Toto. Oh. We play Toto a lot. We play Toto a few times. And for, for two people that are like, I have, to be honest, other than walking into a bar and putting it on, putting Africa on the jukebox, because yeah. I do that every time I walk into a, a bar, I uh-huh. love it, that has a jukebox. Because everybody, every, I don't care if you are you're punk rock, skinhead, uh, cholo, whatever you are, you're sitting at the bar, you will nod your head to yeah. Africa. But Africa didn't come out in 1979. It came out in 1983. So we're going to pick Hold the Line from the first record, Toto by Toto, (laughs) the eponymous record. And here it goes.
Christine and I were both like, oh, that song. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that song. Exactly. <laughs> like, am I a fan of this band? No, I am not. But just if we're thinking about 1979 and somebody buying a Walkman and they were mm-hmm. walking out of the Sam Goodies or the Warehouse or the uh, Sergeant Pepperonis or, uh, or, or uh, Licorice Pizza, Vir- Virgin, no, Virgin wasn't around. No, no Vir- way. Um, uh, but like the Sam Goodies though, yeah, okay. or maybe a Zodies or a TGNY. I don't know what any of that is, but exactly. sure. Exactly. They walked out and they had um, a headband on because it was hot and it was kind of sweaty and they had feathered bangs, but they pulled the headband over. And I, I picture a vest, a denim vest. A denim vest would be cool. Yeah. yeah. And like maybe a, maybe a little scarf like you're yeah. wearing now. Yeah. Like a little. That, that's how I see it. Bandana scarf. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Toto's from LA. So Toto, Toto's you know, oh. pretty cool that they're from, they're LA kind of prodigy kids. They obviously went on to do, you know, Rosanna and. Uh, the song of Africa and all those others. Which um, all three of those songs sound so completely different. Exactly. And that's what, you know, and Which so is... I looked this up because I want to know more about this band mm-hmm. since I looked and saw that we play them You're a, a super fan? I guess uh-huh. I must be. Um, so the name of the band, they originally thought, everybody thought it's Toto from Wizard of Oz. Okay. Uh, but the reality is, is um, one of the, uh, they had, they had a, a bunch of demos that were there and they wrote Toto on them. On, on them and um just to kind of so they would know where they were they didn't have a name for the band mm-hmm. they wrote them on there and so everybody assumed you know they were thinking of a name for the band everybody thought oh this would be great because it's a dog from wizard of oz and their producer guy said uh in in toto which means all-inclusive or all-encompassing mm-hmm. in latin he goes that's kind of what you guys are because you play all these different genres you kind of encompass all this stuff and so they're like oh well that that's cool then we're gonna do it so uh, fun fact about them: In 1979, they were up for the Best Artist, mm-hmm. and um, along with Elvis Costello, <laughs> and, who won uh, the Best New Artist, and uh, the band Taste of Honey won. Um, I don't and even know what that fam- is. They're a disco band. They're famous for "Boogie Oogie Oogie" till you can't mm. "Boogie Oogie" no more. So, just proving that there is a curse with that. So, disco uh, rules, man. Disco rules. So, anyway, there's some. Fun facts about Toto, and I think that'll be the last time we play Toto for a while. <laughs> <laughs> we got to cool it. We got to cool it. You know, at the end of the year cool when when Spotify gives you yes. your roundup like, of wait, it, they just go way too much Toto. Yeah, bro. it just says, hey, "Hey, bro, I'll give you the list. Just you got to check <laughs> this box that says Nah, dog, Nah, dog on the Toto." <laughs> Oops, sorry, Dwight. <clears throat> accidentally kicked him. That's okay. Kick Dwight all the time. He's you know he's the he's, he's there. The, he's the sound troll who's running around. Okay, so my next band is gonna be Squeeze. Yes. What song are you playing? Up the Junction? Are you playing Up the Junction? No. So the the album Cool for Cats came out in 1979, obviously. So I'm going to play Cool for Cats. Oh, cool. No, actually, no. I'm going to play Goodbye Girl. Oh, better choice. Yeah. Better choice. Better choice. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, you're going to play it now? Yeah, yeah. Hold on, I'll shut up. Okay. the song really love the band love the song um really had, we had a really big uh opportunity to see them a few years ago when they played music tastes good and 
They were great. I thought they were just really they good. They drew such a huge audience. And then, it, again, similar to Toto, it's like, oh, that song. Oh, yeah. they know they, they do that song. They actually have a shirt, right, that says... Uh, I forgot how much, I, forgot I, like how much Squeeze, I like Squeeze. Yeah, because, which is a great shirt. And if you listen, Squeeze was one of the first compact discs I ever bought. They had a greatest hits. And I remember that you could... They were such a diverse band. You could cut that album in half and have like all these almost like organ rock driven kind of like... Um, sometimes kind of like Americana, like Coffee in Bed and, and songs like that. Uh-huh. And then full-on electronic songs yeah. on the other side. And I thought, man, this is a, this is a, this is a, this band is crazy. This is really cool. Um, and uh, they're, they're really solid always. They even did a VH1, um, not a behind the music, but of like some show these Storytellers? It was like a getting the band back together where a guy tried mm, to get mm-hmm. bands back together. Where they were united people, yeah. Yeah, and... Um, and so the singer or the singer and the songwriter, the songwriter was like a professor somewhere. And he's like, they will, will absolutely not get back together. And they were one of them that did not get back together at the end of the show. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, interesting. And I was like, oh, that sucks, but whatever. Um, wasn't, didn't they have like the Smiths on, wasn't the Smiths on one of those, sh- like that show too? And it, it was, was like an immediate, like five minute episode because there's no way the Smiths yeah, are ever yeah, getting back together. Never, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They just, they just, you know, if you're talking about reuniting bands, they're in the top five for sure, right? Yeah. You know, so that's ev- everyone wants that band to reunite and yeah. they will never reunite. It's like the Beatles and then them, but it's easier to get the Smiths <laughs> for various, <laughs> for obvious reasons. So um, I mentioned uh, in mine that. Um, in my choice, that uh, Elvis Costello was the best new artist uh, for 1979, was up for the, um, what do you call it? The uh, Best New Artist or something? Best New Artist Grammy. Uh, and uh, this song actually had come out in the summer of, um, of 1979. It's Oliver's Army. Uh, and uh, a great tune, Elvis Costello, uh, once again, takes a pop song and makes it about uh, political action. You know, he's... This song is about, you know, colonialism and British colonialism and the queen and having the army be your only future if you're a poor kid. Like, I mean, it's talking about the Falkland Wars and all this stuff. It's a great, great song off a really great album. So it's off of Armed Forces. And if you don't have Armed Forces, well, I mean, you probably don't like music. You really should <laughs> should get, um, get that. You should just, like, die. Yeah. I would, I would hate to say, like, I would hate to say if you don't, if you don't have the album Armed Forces by Elvis Costello and you are like an audiophile, man, you got, okay, come on. Come on, dude. Well, I'm not judging later. you. I'm not judging you. I'm just saying. Come on. <laughs> All right. Here it is. Oliver's Army by Elvis Costello. Elvis Costello. We were just saying during the break that we missed two chances to see him. Yeah, I played at the House of Blues, and he just played at five points um, in in Irvine. In Irvine, which is a terrible. I've venue. never been. I, I can't even picture where it's it very is. temporary. It's oh, like, got it. It's like they put this thing up because they're building on to some other park that's going in there. But I saw. I saw. I'm even embarrassed to say it. I saw with. I saw Third Eye Blind, but I wanted to see Jimmy World open up from. And, did uh, you have to sit through Third Eye Blind to no, see Jimmy? No, 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 oh, I didn't. Okay. And, and I did have to sit through Third Eye Blind, though, which was just trite and self-important and mm-hmm. just boorish. It was so bad. The uh, the people I were with, though, really, the an old coworker of mine and her, her 
husband and stuff. They were really into it. So, um, so I basically sat with them. They sat with me while I was singing along to Jimmy World. And so I had to kind of sit with them. Oh, got but it. Once the encore was there, it was like, oh, everybody's applauding. We're waiting for the encore. I was like, and peace. I'm out. Bye. Bye-bye. So, um, yeah. But Elvis Costello, uh, I mean, really just, you know, I, that song was actually featured in um, the movie E.T., was it? Yeah, the uh, oh. the kid, the older brother. Mm-hmm. He's no, I'm sorry. That song, I was so wrong. It's accents will happen. That was featured. Dang it! I just messed well, up. messed myself up. Jeez. You done fucked up, Aaron. I, I didn't realize. Yeah, I know. I didn't realize. I didn't realize that until I started singing the lyrics in my head. I'm like, that is not <laughs> the song. He comes in singing like he doesn't know ET's there, and he like walks in to get something out of the fridge. You know, when he's uh, coming back from high school, and he's like, to add you collection. I'm like, oh, that's not the same song. Okay. Anyway. Well, you tried. Welp, I tried. If you uh, have a chance to see Elvis Costello, please go. And be better than us, okay? Does he have any shows coming up? Jeez, I don't know, you know? I don't know, man. I don't know. Let's research Spotify, because Spotify pretty much tells you everything. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm, No, they don't list any shows. I mean, I doubt it. He probably, he just played. It's a world tour. I'm sure he's gone, you know, so. All right, well, what you got next? I'm going to go a complete 180 and do Dolly Parton, just because I love her. Parker Bell and PTA? What are you doing? Sweet Summer Lovin'. Ooh, Sweet Summer Lovin', okay. Like, I love Dolly Parton. I saw her a few years ago at the Hollywood Bowl, and it was the most fun I've ever had at a show. She's just so sweet and so, such a good storyteller. Yeah, right. And I'm pretty sure she has her set list and her show, like, pat down. Like, it's to the T. Like, she knows it's probably the same set list all the time, but she did an amazing job, and I love her. She probably has, like, an hour and a half set list. She has an hour set list. She's got, like, a 45. Yeah, she knows what she's doing at all times. Yeah, exactly. She's a pro. Um, but let's play it. Sweet right. Summer I'm totally unfamiliar with that song. Me too. I this is off of the Great Balls of Fire album. Like huh. I don't know it, um, but it's it's a very easy listening tune. Yeah, like it's very reminiscent of like '80s music, which I know it's '79, but like '80s music where it's very like easy listening, poppy. Yeah, very mainstream. Um, it's traveling music. Yeah. It's like it's like you know with that beat and all that. That's like that's in your you're in your van conversion. <laughs> got the windows down. Yeah. Yeah. It's going. Got your. Uh, you got your cassette adapter because the A track makes an adapter for it. You can put it in there. So, <laughs> no, that's cool. I don't know much about Dolly Parton to be honest. Really? I don't oh. mind admitting when I don't know anything about it, and I don't. Know I don't know about. a lot about her either. I just know that I really like her music. I just know that there is a. Uh, we were kind of talking about it during the other break. When we were listening to the other song because uh, Blondie opened up for Elvis Costello, and mm-hmm. how there's kind of a double standard where we were both like, "I don't want to see Blondie," which is terrible to say. Yeah, and and it is terrible to say, and is, and because the, it's not like the songs are different, and they right? still the, Elvis Costello and Blondie still produce music. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not like they stopped it. They haven't had hits since the '70s or '80s. Yeah. Uh, well. Okay, yeah, Blondie hasn't had a hit since the '90s. I don't think. Oh, I don't think they make music anymore for hits for those. True. Artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I think you know. Let's be real. It's Deborah Harry in 1979 
was a babe. Not only a babe, but like an iconic sex beauty, akin to Marilyn Monroe or, or, you know, something like that. I mean, just insane. She was insanely beautiful. And so, and so, yeah, I think that's part of it. I think it's part of the, part of the allure of Blondie. What, okay. So let me ask you this. Would Blondie have been nearly as popular if they played the same music? But there was a woman less attractive. If they would have been um, like punk popular, yeah. Okay. In in the in this scene, they right. would have been. They would have co- been. They would have had a cult following, like Wall of Voodoo, or you know, or um, I don't know, whatever that that came up at the same time. CB, yeah, CBGBs down there. That would have been them. It would have been. It, them. It's it's a shame because it's a double standard that you can see. I guess you can see the age yeah, on sure. on her more. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you can in Elvis Costello too, but for some reason he's taken more seriously as an artist the older yeah. he gets. Yes, exactly, exactly. Where Blondie, I, sorry, Deborah Harry, um, like she has to wear makeup still, like she has to look young. Right. And who knows? That's just how she wants to dress, which cool for her, but I, I, I feel terrible, but it, it's totally a double standard. It totally is. It yeah. totally is. And, and, you know, so my same thinking of that is, I was never a Dolly Parton fan, and then with Instagram and all this other stuff, I mm-hmm. saw an image of Dolly Parton, like, somebody ended up doing a painting where they had a velvet painting next to an actual photo of Dolly Parton, mm-hmm. and I saw it, and I was like, wow, Dolly Parton was, I mean, insanely beautiful back yeah. then. Like, it's crazy, and to write her own songs, and to kind of be witty, yeah. and to use that sexuality, mm-hmm. but always be in control of it, you know what I mean? Like, totally. There was, there's women that are, there. I mean, these iconic women, they're like, Deborah Harry's the same way iconic women that are like that that yes they have the sexual control but they're using that to kind of i control the situation mm-hmm. i control what i put out i mean it's you know musically and artistically it's well, cool and like to a certain extent the Ooh, genre and the scene that blondie was in was very male dominated oh for sure and like so is country music but i think women have the ability to shine more in that so i think well, Dolly yeah, Parton ba- stands ballads, out so much. The ballads will stand out. Right? Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. And, the and you know, if, let's say if women love ballads, men love women. So it doesn't matter. Exactly. <laughs> you and know, whereas it's it different with, uh, it's hard to be Blondie, I think, and come up through CBGBs. It's a totally different scene. So you've mm-hmm. got Talking Heads and the Ramones and, I mean, you, you fill, in, fill in any of the bands that came up yeah. around that time. Yeah. There's not a lot of females around. I mean, you know, um. Uh, What's her name? Um, yes, you know her. You know, uh, because the night uh, belongs to what? us. What? Uh, Kate Bush? No, not Kate Bush. Um, not Kate Bush? No. Because Dang it, dude. It's going to bug the crap out of me. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, anyway. <laughs> no one else Patty needs Smith. to know. Patty Smith. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Patty Smith. I feel like we just played Patty Smith, we too. Did. This we is did. bad. We're so bad. All right. It turns out we're not professionals. No, not in the slightest. All right. So uh, here's what I'm going to play now that we're talking about all this sexual talk. Ooh. Uh, I'm going to play the band Chic. Aw, freak out. (laughs) So uh, Nile Rodgers, who went on to record just about everyone and is a massive star, uh, massive producer, massive songwriter. But uh, in 1979, his band was Chic, and one of their many hits was this one, and it's called Le Freak. You've heard it. Trust me, you've heard it. Oh, freak out. Le freak. Le freak. Le freak. Le freak. Le freak. Le freak. 
of the best known disco bands ever of all time ever and even if you didn't know their name you know that song oh yeah everyone how, knows that how, song how many weddings you've been to where that song or, <laughs> or high school dances or whatever where that song's been playing or movies or whatever but um what's funny is with nile rogers man he i mean Nile rogers went on to obviously he played and wrote songs in you know in chic but then he went on to um write some songs for david bowie he did the let's dance album he oh, produced wow. it he wrote let's dance i believe along with bowie uh he wrote like a virgin he wrote Bowie. really oh, yes wow. yeah so homeboys like yeah you know so it is what it is um uh he wrote uh i'm coming out from diana ross he produced that record literally every hit every, song <laughs> yeah of that time i mean he's when you think about it the only way to get paid now in the world of music is like have publishing money right and mm, this guy wrote yeah. all these songs and these songs are iconic that you'll play it everywhere how rich is now rogers totally and so, yet it seems like they still play yeah, no, they still play. They got back is together. He, does he still play with them? It's called Nile Rodgers and Chic. Uh. So he's got top billing. But yeah, um, they broke up actually in the uh, in the uh, early 80s. And then uh, they got back together, I think, in the late 2000, 2010 or whatever it was, something like that, 2014. Uh, but what's great, what, what was really funny about it is the song that we played. Uh, so the song was written actually in 1977. Mm-hmm. But they... Uh, they uh, the song was written because they were supposed to meet Grace Jones at Studio 54, according to Nile Rogers. Supposed to meet Grace Jones at Studio 54, and the doorman wouldn't let him in. Oh, so no. the song was the song actually the freak out part was ah fuck off, <laughs> and then they uh, changed it. Uh, so yeah, so to be a little more imagine polite. like we're gonna go meet Grace Jones. <laughs> I guess that was a big deal to meet Grace Jones in 1979, probably or 77. Probably. I know. Can you? So yeah, even now. Oh my god. Yeah. You're okay. being so careful. Christina's trying to walk by and make as little sound as possible. It's so cute. Even though she doesn't realize she just opened the door and it squeaks. So <laughs> I don't know why you're worried about the noise now. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Mm. So so there is that. What do you have? I think I'm going to play XTC. Oh, that was on mine. Where was it? Sorry. Do you want to play it? No, you play it. Okay. Okay. Um, so this is off the album Drums and Wires. Uh, you're, I know you're... You're playing. You're, what song am I going to play? You're going to play Making Plans for Nigel. Duh. <laughs> Come on. Come on. What am I, stupid? What am I, an asshole? What am I, an asshole over here? All right. All right. We're Let's just going to play the song. We're, okay. Just play it. Okay. We're only making plans for Nigel. He must be happy. He must be happy. He must be happy in his world. Yeah, I, I, I like the song a lot. I like XTC a lot. I, I do mean, too. They're really good. They're just, yeah, they, uh, I think the quote I read today about XTC was, uh, you know, XTC stopped touring in 1983 or 84, whatever it was, um, because Andy Partridge had stage fright. And he was like looking at, out at these people and just realizing how much he hated touring and how much he hated wow. being there. And so he stopped touring. And their thing was like, we're going to be like the Beatles and we're just not going to tour, but we're going to put out records. Uh-huh. And that worked for a while. I mean, that worked. I mean, their their records, it's not like they put one out every year. But it wouldn't work now. It would it not worked. work now. Yes. But they, the way he describes it is, 
is that that made them Technicolor. That made them this really deep, rich band. That, mm-hmm. you know, and they put something out. Because they could focus on special. an album. Yeah. yeah. But And the reality is the guy was on Valium for like 13 years and his Jeez. wife dumped them all out and made him kind of quit. So that has to have an effect on your brain as well, I would assume. Well, it says when they were on tour in 1982, Partridge collapsed on stage suffering from exhaustion. Yeah, well. And then he collapsed later with a stomach ulcer. Yes. And then uh, they canceled. That's what happens when you eat, eat a lot of Valium. Yeah. <laughs> so, now, uh, if you have an interest in XTC and you have Showtime, they have a, a documentary film about XTC right now called This Is Pop. It came out in 2017. I've seen it. It's very good. Um, it talks about um, the humble beginnings all the way up to, like, all their stardom, and it's amazing to see, like, um, how they want, they really wanted to be a pop band like the Beatles, a la, like, like the Beatles, you know, they didn't want to, there's a scene where the guitar player is playing like this kind of blues turnaround kind of riff and mm-hmm. Andy Partridge's like, no, we don't do that here. <laughs> he <wants laughs> straight ahead, like these pop songs. So really cool choice. I gotta look to see if I have Showtime. I'm not sure if I... The Showtime app is great. It's worth it. It's like nine bucks. They have a really good program. So. I just, you can't keep paying for all these... Yeah, different I'm, I'm paying for all i mean so whatever we might as well just go back to cable yeah i don't understand i mean i'm we do it too we have netflix hulu hbo go yep. netflix hulu amazon HBO prime go, showtime amazon prime mm-hmm. i've got all of those and i'm gonna get disney because you are if well for the all the I star hate, wars stuff? i hate disney but man i'm not gonna miss that like that john that uh mandalorian with john favreau did it looked great it looks like a spaghetti western i want to know if they're gonna have like the they should like the like the Nine Lives of Thomasina and like freaky like those old seventies sure type Disney will. movies because I, sure I loved those. I am because those are like those cost nothing for them to put yeah. up there. That's why not. Nobody else is gonna hear yeah. those. So I'm sure they're gonna bed knobs and broomsticks and like mm-hmm. the Shaggy Dog and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, for sure. Those are what I used to call the. Uh, they were like the really well packaged videos at the video store. They were like a plastic package that had like a full color yeah. thing on them. All the Disney things. Yeah. Totally. I, yep. I used to do that. The highbrow. The high, <laughs> oh, sure. You went to Harvard. All right. So are, I'm going to leave Joy Division for you because I know you're going to play it. So I'm not even I don't have mess. to. No, you, no, you're fine. No. My music is your uh, music uh, uh, and your music fine. is you're my fine. music. Because I'm going to do something important. And I'm going to play. <laughs> what? So you're saying something is more important than Joy Division? I'm going yeah, to say Van Halen in L.A. in 1979 was pretty damn important, lady. <laughs> in L.A., yes. They were on their LA, second yes. record. <laughs> and, you know, if you if you liked Van Halen at that time, you definitely liked this song. And it's called Dance the Night Away. I didn't hate it. <laughs> I was assuming that I was going to hate anything Van Halen. Yeah. Because I'm not a fan of hair metal. Neither am I. But that's very subtle, Yeah, I guess. Well, and you know, they're pioneers of that. Uh, they That really, you know, when you think that Van Halen was out in 77 in LA doing that type of music. Mm-hmm. And, okay, I don't know if you've been to a family reunion or a Christmas party or anything where you have somebody who grew up at that time. Mm-hmm. But everybody has a story about, oh, yeah, I saw Van Halen at Gazzari's on Sunset. Da, da, da. It used to be a pizza place that they would play at. Uh-huh. And now it's the Key Club, or was the Key Club. 
Van Halen, they're one of those bands that like, I'm pretty sure if you look at old punk flyers, like mm-hmm. they open yes. for like yes. pretty yes, intense absolutely. punk bands. Yes, because they had a draw. Yeah. They had a draw. And and so they really pioneered what became that hair metal sound in 1985, you know, 84, 85, 86, mm-hmm. 87. And let's be honest, they, you know, by the time that's Van Halen 2, that's that record. When Van Halen 4 came out, I mean, that was a huge thing. And that was all the videos and stuff. I mean, it was a big deal. And they had jump on that record. I mean, it was the biggest record of that year. Or one of them, you know. What year was MTV? Like uh, the videos? 80, 81, 82. Oh, okay. So, you know, they became more right. flashy sure, for sure. the videos after. Yeah. Okay. But a band like that, I mean, they they really did pioneer a lot of that genre. If you listen to the songs, the guitar solos, the the arranging of the songs, the harmonies of all the vocals. And mm-hmm. it's very like you can put that next to a Poison song and you're like, okay, yeah, Poison's not as good. But that is definitely a template that was laid out for them, you know. Molly yeah. Crew too. Molly Crew is the same way. Yeah. So yeah, not a big fan of the genre myself either. But uh, dude, Van Halen, man, they're you know, it's a pretty tight song. It makes me want to take a deeper dive into this album. Actually, this whole um, mixtape that we're making today yeah. makes me want to go back and listen to every single one of these albums yeah. because they're so good. Right. Um, I'd agree. If I'd only agree. I had more time. Yeah, and, and I think that that's the thing with the mixtapes. I don't think we make the mixtapes to necessarily be, I think, I don't know. I think we make them to be informative more than we make them to be uh, personal personal, or like, oh, let's listen to this front to back. Like all the songs are going to join and mean something. I mean, yeah. really not. Maybe we got to do that. Maybe we should do that. We should do a theme like scary or. God, we're like, doing this all wrong. I know. We're doing like a Ken Burns version of this. <laughs> we're sorry. You know what? I'm the just going to go home, guys. The seven listeners, we apologize. We apologize to you, all seven of you. But so. to those who don't know a lot about music, this is I'm sure this is informative somehow, and it helps, yeah. and it's a good mix for them. Yes. I don't know. Maybe I got to arrange it differently. Well, we'll see. Anyways. Hey, this is a work in progress. This is like... We're, we're, we're only 36 episodes in. We're like Miles Jesus. Davis right here. We can be 37. We're, hey, and now it's a cooking, now it's a cooking uh, podcast. So, Julia, let's talk about Red Burritos. Here's a fun fact that you guys don't know. <laughs> Julia, I, she said, I'm going to Del Taco on her way here to my house. She said, I'm going to Del Taco. Does anybody want anything? And I said, I want two red burritos and fries. And she goes, what is a red burrito? And I went, wait, what now? I, I, so I, 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 I was <laughs> pulling into Del Taco and I'm like, wait, do I go into the drive-thru? Because I have no idea what a red burrito is. Am I going to have to explain? I don't want to have to explain it if, oh if they God. ask, oh my God. what is this? Oh I had God. no idea. Dude. Dude, I was, I thought you were joking. No. I thought you were joking. That's like being like, what's a double double? Like, I've never, is there two of them? No, see, In N Out's very mainstream. Del Taco, it's not a burger place. So people, I yeah. don't know. I don't know. I didn't know. Del Taco is definitely made for us. It's made for the after show people. It's made for us. Mm-hmm. Like, it's open 24 hours and. They got fries. It definitely went there when I used to work at Disneyland, two, three in the morning. Oh, totally. Are you getting my me? chicken, chicken quesadilla. Yep. With French fries. I never. Um, I was never the guy who ate after I drank. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a bunch of my friends were, and now I'm the guy who yeah. eats after I drink because yeah. I go. You know, it's like, oh, Dell sounds great. We would always go. I was gonna say, dude, we always we always went to. It's like 
as soon as you get off the 55, is that 19th or 17th? 19th? That's 19th, yeah. And there's like a Del Taco in that Costa well, that's Mesa. that's 17th, actually. 17th? Del Taco so, is, yeah. Because we would go to bars around there, and then we yeah, end yeah. up in that Del Taco parking lot all the time. Wait, when you were in high school? College. You, or in your college? Yeah. You go over like La Cave and hang out at some bars over there? I forgot the name of these. Peterson? And then you'd like, you, you get on... You get on, uh, you get on Makeout Club. Is that what you do? You get on there and like look at all the emo boys. Is that what you do? Oh my god! Yeah, I remember Makeout Club. Dude, I, oh the two thousands. I'm just saying, Makeout Club was dope. It was dope. <laughs> Melodramatic. You, you all know. You all know. Dead Journal. <laughs> Those who know, you know. Oh anyway, boy. These damn emo kids. All right. Okay. So cool. Well, what do you have then, Miss Thang? Miss Thang. I'm gonna play the B52s. So this was that. Love it. That the B-52s album self-titled. Oh, the yellow one with them on love it. Love it. Love um, it. Can we play Planet Claire? You going to play Planet Claire right now? No, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to pronounce this right. Is it 6060842 or is it? Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure if it's like 6060842, yeah, however you say it, whatever. But I think this is a great song. And I actually really love that album. Um, I know Christina saw them at the fair this year. She and did, I yeah. really wanted to go to that. Oh, I was you should have gone with her. I don't know why I couldn't go. I um I kind of don't want to see them. I've interviewed them many times mm-hmm. uh, for the radio, the other radio show, and I've I've seen them a couple of times. But they were the first band, like alternative quote unquote band, that wasn't a punk rock band. Like it was yeah. melodic or whatever. And they're weird. Yeah, and they were the first ones. And the first intro to Planet Claire on this mm-hmm. record is so amazing because it's like two minutes long of just instrumental yeah. and it sounds like Peter Gunn, you know? Yeah. And I remember playing it in the car. My mom's like, Oh, I kind of like this. This is kind of cool. And my mom liked that. My mom mm-hmm. was like, wow, this band is really good. I really like them, which is crazy. Turns out they're from Athens, Georgia, same as REM. So grew up around Michael oh, Stipe cool. and those kids in Georgia. So. Very different, uh, very different paths taken though. Yes. But all right, I let's think, hear yeah. your song. Really good choice. Like the song. Uh, that's a weirder one of that uh, yeah. of that genre, but did, uh, or of that album. But. I did say it wrong. Six oh six oh eight for two. Duh. Yep. Um, but I think they're a fun band. No, I they're think, a great. I band. think you either like them or you don't. Yeah, you know it's funny because a member of Bite Me Bambi absolutely does not like this band Ooh. at all. And we have a song that uh, I play a Farfisa organ on it, which mm-hmm. is what. Kate Pearson plays in the B-52s, very high-pitched, you know, organ. And uh, if I were to just riff on the song, I could play the exact uh, intro to Planet Claire. Yeah. And so every time we practice, I kind of do it, and I always get a look. <laughs> like, like, hands up. Or like, not it. in my studio. Not, not in my, not in my house kind of a thing. It's pretty funny. <laughs> but uh, they are a great band, and artsy and gutsy. Totally. I mean, to be, uh, to be openly gay... Mm-hmm. I think, and a frontman of a band like Fred Schneider is, mm-hmm. that's really courageous in 1979, you know, in the South. And then, yes, and then accepted easily, like, yeah. into the punk community. Oh, uh, well, yeah. yeah. And true punks, you know, that that's why skinheads exist, because true punks aren't like that. True mm-hmm. punk rockers are accepting of all, you know, and yeah, all artists, man. and the weirder, the better, man. The weirder. Totally. The more the more out there you are, the better. So, I'm down. That's, uh, no, good choice. 
Uh, I'm going to keep going. I, I guess I'm just going to keep going with a 70s theme with mine. Um, well, yeah, it's a 79 episode. Yeah, no, I, I know. I'm just, you know, we can go 79 and you could do, uh, I think we end with a clash for sure. But I okay. think you do like, you, you can go the route of like mainstream pop radio or you could go the route of alternative and punk rock because both were great at that time. You mm-hmm. could go ska, which we do an awful lot of. Yeah, I tried uh, to keep that out of here. I did too because you could re- you could put two special songs on here easily. And Madness came and out madness. of this time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, oop, hey, stop it. Stop it. Look, little they, premature. I, they, wanted to, they wanted to jump out of the box right there. Um, I'm going to pick ELO. I'm going to pick Don't Bring Me Down. No, 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 no. Uh, ELO is really awesome. Jeff Lynn is from Birmingham. Birmingham. Not Birmingham. 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 Anyway. Uh, Have you been there? I want to go there. Yes, I've been there. I was there with your husband, and he ate at a Pan-Asian buffet in Birmingham uh, on a Sunday. And you and guys... Uh, no, not, did you? not you guys. Just him? Not you guys. On, the only person who got sick was the one who was eating all the mystery foods. Yeah, the five ninety nine uh, yeah, buffet. It, and eating all the mystery foods and meats that he had there. And then, uh, yeah, the train ride to London was a, was a rough one. And then that night was a rough one for someone not named me. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, Birmingham is a great, uh, obviously Birmingham known for, oh, you know what? I'm so wrong. Dude, I'm so <laughs> bad. I'm so, we didn't go to What Birmingham. did you get wrong? That was Coventry, not Birmingham. Dang it. It was because you guys went to the Two-Tone Museum, right? We or went the... to the Two-Tone Museum. Shit. Dummy. Okay. I'm a dummy. Dude, I'm going to stop. You know what? I'm going to stop going on tangents because pretty soon it's like, yeah, <laughs> this, you know. This podcast would be like 10 minutes long. He's like, there, there was there was white people. At the, you know, we visited this place. There was white people. Blah, 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 it was great. You know, I think it was England. It's actually Germany. It doesn't matter. It's all the same. <laughs> so uh, anyway. But uh, no, he's from Birmingham. Um, uh, and Jeff Lynn started yellow. And very progressive electric light orchestra, you know, obviously having these pop songs with a big sound, orchestral arrangements in them and, and whatnot. Uh, went on actually to uh, record and produce quite a bit of bands, including um, uh, Cloud Nine by uh, George Harrison when he came back out and released uh, work in the 80s. And then also uh, Full Moon Fever by Tom Petty. So you want to talk about having a big record. That's a big, big record. Mm-hmm. So, um, and uh, yeah, he is, he's... Uh, Coined as saying they needed a chorus for this song for Tom Petty, and Jeff Lynn chimed in. How about you just say, I'm free falling? <laughs> and, and there it was. So that's a writing credit for History him. History was made. And so he's like, and that'll be 25%. <laughs> um, so anyway, let's listen to the song. It's called Don't Bring Me Down. You've heard it before, and here it goes. It's another one of those, oh, that song. Yeah, But, exactly. yeah, it's a good song. Yeah, it is. And, and uh, you know, I don't know. It's it's kind of hard because growing up listening to that stuff, like kind of being caught between these generations of old, of classic rock and you know, modern rock, I guess, quote mm-hmm. unquote, it's, it's really hard to kind of 
Like, that's my brother's music. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he grew up listening to that. I didn't listen to that. But mm-hmm. now that I'm an adult and I have access to radio and everything else, I've heard that song a billion yeah. times, you know? So uh, I think Don't Bring Me Down has a... He actually got an award from BMI um, at, for 2 million spins. They got wow. 2 million spins of that song. Is that, like, off the radio? I think so. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So cool. when they used to give awards for things like that, um, which is pretty insane. And then and then for him to go on and do, like, the Traveling Wilburys and... And he produced all the Traveling Wilbury stuff with Supergroup with Bob Dylan and himself and Tom Betty and Eric Clapton and Roy Orbison. So pretty cool. Um, you can still see them. You can still see it's now Jeff Lynn's ELO. Um, and you could still see them. They still tour. I saw them a couple of years ago uh, at Jimmy Kimmel. They recorded a song and they ended up doing like six or seven songs. And he was such a perfectionist that if they played one note wrong, he would start the song again. Oh, God. And so it was, it got. It got kind of old real quick. Yeah. But, uh, One time I get it. Yeah. But to hear all those songs was kind of cool to mm-hmm. be like, oh, wow, I thought I would never hear. They haven't played since the 80s. So, you know, whatever. I never thought I'd hear these. That was pretty cool. So anyway. Awesome. What do you got? Okay. I'm going to do another weird one because I I love my divas. So we're going to play Cher. Ooh. I all know. Did you have something in your throat? Bet <laughs> <laughs> you just want to go to my house. <laughs> What? Cher is here? How do we get her on the show? <laughs> She's like the female Elvis. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, so this is off the album Prisoner. Again, not like a like a song that I really know by her because I also don't know too much by Cher. Um, but it's called Boys and Girls. And it's a really fun, like, poppy song. So we'll play it. Okay. Here it goes. realizing sitting here i know nothing about Cher. neither do i but i know nothing about Cher. but i would i would assume that Cher is very poppy and that song doesn't sound that way to me yeah that sounds like a roadshow review kind of a <laughs> kind of you know like a, i don't know like but, a, okay so i'm looking at her spotify she's had her first album solo album was in 65 yeah no she was a she's a big deal and then literally every single year she had she released an album like yep. until let's say 89 and, and, and then Sonny the produced spread. her no or did he produce her back in the day and then they started to get in together or i don't, I don't know I'd, i thought they started together and then she went solo oh maybe. I okay i don't know i don't know much about him all i know is she is insanely popular the right groups of people you know what i mean yeah it's insane i know she has like a there's a broadway play about her life but i think she's in it or she has like full control over yeah, everything for sure that she she has full control over whatever she yeah. does so. and then i heard she's really good at twitter like people love her on twitter oh, so really? check out share yeah. like yeah hey that's cool i uh i don't know anything about her other than the fact that again she was like a striking beauty like back mm-hmm. like exotic you know american indian looking almost i don't know what her background is is she she like looks like the ultimate woman of the 70s yeah exactly like, like the 70s personified right that's right. her yeah, and then I know that uh, like ten years ago, Kathy Griffin, when she had a show, was trying to like be friends with Cher, 
and she the pinnacle of the show is when she actually got to hang out with Cher. Like and oh. Cher invited her over to her house. I used to and like her show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, back in the day it was pretty funny. I think I think she's kind of She's tired done. Now. Yeah, yeah, she's done. So it is what it is. There's only so much really when when I think that it's only taboo, especially like she did a lot of like gay humor and it's only mm-hmm. taboo when that's taboo. Now that it's like pretty much accepted, I well for for our culture, for where we live and stuff, it's mm-hmm. you know, I'm not saying it's accepted everywhere by any means, especially since we have listeners in 46 countries or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but uh, here, from what I see, from what I know, it's like it's just kind of old, old and tired. Totally. Like you can't. It's it's hard to. I think be a comedian now because people oh, yeah. aren't putting up with anything. Yeah. Well, I haven't seen the Chappelle thing that came I out. I don't want to see it. Apparently, I'm, I don't know what yeah. he, I don't even know what he talks about in it. But the fact is that that's what comedians do, and that's what used to make them dangerous. You know, yeah. is that? And so, I part of me part of me gets it. I mean, I get it. Hate speech is unacceptable, uh, and first and foremost. But I think there's also a, a point where there's people that have to push those boundaries, and that's where the art form lies. It's mm-hmm. like where do you? How do you get that to the point where it's where you're pushing boundaries and you're still acceptable. George Carlin did it for many years. You yeah. Know? But again, he is a legend. He's probably the number two comedian of all time, you know, Lenny where, Bruce yeah. and whatever. So I don't know. I mean, I got to, I'm, I'm going to watch that tonight. I just want to see it and see what, see what it's all about. And if I turn it off, I turn it off. That's there you go. Yeah. So good choice and good tangent uh, for that. We're going to do Dave Chappelle songs next. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, anyway, I'm going to do, we talked about playing it a bunch. Uh, I'm going to actually play Joy Division. So okay. I'm going to play Disorder and it's off of Unknown Pleasures was such a huge record. came mm-hmm. out in, in, at this time and maybe not to critical acclaim and, and like it, it wasn't like Thriller or anything. I'm not going to say that, but uh, where it flew off the shelves. But the band, uh, but the band really did something. Was doing something different, and um, so yeah. And if you don't know this album, you know the you know the t shirt, the artwork. Yeah, you see everyone wearing this t shirt. Yeah, and and Joy Division has really kind of come into their own as they're so iconic now that they're like they're like the Cramps and Misfits mm-hmm. and um, whatever. Where where you know you could they could just sell their t shirts without <laughs> this shirt. I think Disneyland sold a Joy Division. Esque shirt, but it had like Mickey's ears like wrapped into it. I remember seeing that when I worked there. Yeah, my favorite one is Factory Records uh, in uh, Costa Mesa. It's a very small record store. What's up, Dave? Um, If you ever in Costa Mesa and you want a good deal on a record, go to Factory Records. But Dave has a really cool Factory Records one that's like that. It's like a, it's like the Unknown Pleasures thing. Factory Records was noise, noise, noise. Yeah, it was okay. noise, noise, noise. You're right, exactly. I used to go there during my breaks during college at OCC. Yep. I would walk over yep. and do that. Cool. Awesome. Well, Dave James, there you go. <laughs> so uh, you have a fan here in Julia and a fan with me. I actually spend money in your store, though, so there you go. <laughs> so, anyway, let's... Uh... <laughs> my husband does. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right. This is... Uh, Disorder by Joy Division. I've been waiting for a guy to come and take me by the hand. Cause these sensations make me feel the pleasures of a normal man. These sensations bear the answers, leave them for another day. I've got the spirit, lose the feeling, take the shelf away. is such a good song yeah i love that song so much it's really cool really understated and when you think about what was happening at that time i mean we're playing what has been happening all over the radio waves Mm -hmm. more more so 
you know, like mainstream stuff mixed in with some other things in 1979. And then you hear an, a song like Disorder and go, what is this? Like, yes. And if you're looking to start a band, that's all you need to do. Do that. Like stand out. It's just be different, you know, do something different. And that is definitely what Ian Curtis and the boys from Joy Division did there. Um, if you're a fan of Joy Division, I don't have to tell you, but if not, if you're new to it, uh, you want an intro to a little background of the band before you start listening to them. There's a great film that came out about Ian Curtis's life called, uh, Control 2007. Mm-hmm. Really great movie and very sad, uh, very English. You know, he used to work at the unemployment office and, mm-hmm. uh, his thing was to like stamp people's, uh, thing to get him to work and stuff and like try to find him jobs. It's just, and then he had a got married and had a kid really early and just, it's just a sad life yeah it's a, he had a he had kind of a sad tragic life and mm-hmm. a legendary one but a very short one so yeah. i'm not gonna ruin anything there uh it doesn't end well for you and curtis <laughs> if you don't know <laughs> sorry why are we laughing at I that know. i'm not a, I, you know what it's that awkward it's that like, awkward yeah. laughter because it is very sad but anyway uh, a great band and a great song okay so we're coming to the end yeah and we've talked song. about it a lot what do you have to say for your final choice? Um, I was going to play the police. Just kidding. Don't I'm going to play the, the clash. Police. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, Jeez. I, I think we're going to play, we've, we're ending it on two very strong bands, two very important bands. Right. Um, Who maybe set the tone, I don't know, dare say, in 1979, set the tone for the future of music totally. for the next 40 years? Totally. Probably. Totes. Probably. Um, so it's this, um, London Calling came out in 79. Yep. It's an amazing album. Uh, There's not a bad song on that record. No, and it the problem is is that it was hard to pick what song to play for the show. Absolutely. Um, I'm gonna go with Train in Vain. Oh, okay, cool. Because it's a it it is a really great song. Um, but I also had I picked Lovers Rock, Lost in the Supermarket. Like Lost in the Supermarket's a great one. Yeah. London Calling, it's its own. I mean, itself is so iconic. That song. Yeah. Like, great, great way to start a record too. I mean, mm-hmm. wow, such a great song. Anyway. Anyways, let's listen to the song and then we'll talk after. song really good choice you could have picked anyone i'm glad you picked that one so cool yeah it was a it's so a great album great are we song. gonna are we gonna talk about how shocked both of us are okay so we were just talking about how what an iconic band that is so spotify has like a lot of information and so i pulled up the clash i went to their about section just scrolling through and there's a little thing that pops up at the bottom that says they're the 371st most listened to band in the world yeah, and they're and they're um, yeah, three hundred seventy first in the world, and with nine million listeners a month. Yes. Right. Okay. Which you would think is a lot. That's a lot. So then we're like, oh, this is interesting. Let's think if of they're an- three seventy one. Who the hell is one? And so we're we're throwing about. I'm like, uh, Ariana Grande. Well, she was like tenth. Ariana Grande is tenth. Cardi B was thirty third. What did I say Lizzo was? You Lizzo... said she was like eighth or seventy first. Oh, seventy first. Yeah, yeah. Which crazy. Y'all, the number one most listened to artist on Spotify is Ed Sheeran. 
Oh my goodness. Like I I don't know much of his music other than that A team song. I just know the seventeen song. That's him, right? Yeah, yeah, that's 17, that song. Seventeen, yeah, that one. Um, yeah. That that's insane nuts. to me. Like, I know he writes a lot of music for other people, but I didn't think his music was that popular as well. Uh, well, I do know that his tour this year was the highest grossing tour because he went to all these little small markets. Oh. And he played to a lot of people that would normally not see him. And so people were saying that, but that could be it as well. I mean, that's insane. This that's, one song, Perfect. How many How many monthly listeners did he have? Um, 68 million, you said? Is that what it was? Uh, 68 million monthly wow. listeners. Wow. And then, hold on. This song, Perfect, 1 billion streams. Wow. 1 billion. I don't think I've ever heard it. <laughs> like, I don't... Should we play it just to yeah, hear it? Yeah, just, just let's play it. Let's okay, play let me it. turn my computer up. I found a love Oh my God, I'm going to start crying. Is this a funeral song? Are we in Ireland? What's going on? Is this Van Diemen's Land? We played this. Oh my god, I gotta skip through it. Wow. He has a great voice. Like, he can sing. Yeah. No, um... I, hey. Guys. I, whatever, man. I I, I, there's nothing dangerous about that. Like, I can't take any... I don't want to take any more away from The Clash. Because we ended with a good song. Do you remember when, like... It's like... It's kind of like... Do you remember when, like music or art or anything was like dangerous and that was kind of part of it it was yeah. like rebellious and dangerous what is that like that's, that that is pop like, music I, I i would hear that in the dentist office like i would you know like <laughs> i'd be sitting there waiting and reading highlights magazine and i'd be like this would come on yeah this uh, i actually don't think i've heard that song it's just not something that i i choose to radar. listen to just not on the radar yep Anyways, listen to The Clash. Listen to The Clash, please. Um, please I, support them. Let's, now it's going to be 8 million something and 1. And, and 1. Two. That number is going to... That 1 is going to move right up to a 2 at the very end. And you know what? I will say, Joe Strummer, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, this was a good topic. Good topic. I think exactly. it was broad, but I think we naturally narrowed it down with our own tastes. I think without us knowing it was such a broad topic yeah like, oh it turned out to be a walkman episode and then it was like <laughs> oh dang this is like the most one of the most important years of music ever. i'm gonna go ahead and make this into a mixtape and so i, I have a walkman oh, i nice. actually connect it to my car so i can play it in the car oh yeah look at i you. don't know why i just like to make things harder but it's fun you should get a little strap for your leg like iron <laughs> eagle like that movie iron eagle, where you had highway to the not highway to the danger zone but he had some other kind of like rock in there mm-hmm. and he's like yeah I bring it to work once in a while and like I'll sit at my desk and play cassettes. Nice. That's cool. It's just fun. And that's kind of the point is people who just love music so much that they're willing to do that. I mean, you can get yeah. it, you can get it on your phone super easy or you can bring all this paraphernalia mm-hmm. and, have, and listen to it the way we used to. But yeah, trust me, it was the only escape for me, man. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. So, uh, well, that was a good episode. So that was fun. Yeah. Um, do you have anything coming up? Any projects that you want to talk uh, about? Well, we have actually a good project we can plug uh, for the podcast. We actually have a guest coming on, and we're very excited about it. It's going to be a very fun show. Very fun show. We are so lucky to have this guest. I know. I know. And and I don't know. Uh, you know. Don't even know why. Don't even know why. Yeah. <laughs> why would. us? So uh, we're having uh, Joe Sib uh, from the band Whack. Am I supposed to say that? I don't know. 
All right. Well, then I mean, Christ- you've said it. Yeah, there it is. Christina can edit it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yes, and also uh, founder of Side One Dummy Records. So he'll be on uh, the next time you hear a full episode. It'll be one with Joe Sip. Yes. So we are really excited about that. And so, uh, wow, that's a that's a big one for us. That's a good yeah. One. Yeah. So we're we're, we're stoked. In the big leagues now. We in the buddy. big leagues. And then as far as the band stuff go, uh, by me Bambi, we are playing. Uh, you guys shows. have a bunch of shows. We're playing with shows. Fishbone, actually, at uh, the Glass House on the 27th of September. And then we are playing at the Anaheim House of Blues in support of our good friends, Real Big Fish. So that'll be a very big show. Um, yeah, so we're looking cool. forward. Of course, people coming out to that, and there's yeah. exciting stuff coming out. We're actually going to have a like a CD single release and things like that. that oh, really? It's about damn time. Yeah, I know. I know. Just we we thought like oh, what do we we're just released up to YouTube, but everybody wants something, so there it mm-hmm. goes. So we'll just we'll have a little something, so we could say oh, we sold out of those, and then we'll never have to make there those. There you go. So, uh, but yeah, that'll be fun. And then this was super fun. I'm glad we did this. Good topic. I know. We should do this again. Yeah, maybe another should, maybe episode. Another, maybe, but yeah, in a couple weeks. Yeah. All right. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed listening to the podcast, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Mixtape Mixtape Podcast for show notes, pictures, and behind the scenes snaps. And while you're at it, head over to the <laughs> website, mixtape mixtape podcast.com for complete playlists as well as links to all the spot- songs on Spotify. Just know that I worked really hard on putting all those playlists up and I have feelings. Or did you work really hard at avoiding other responsibilities? Shut up. Just don't forget to tell your friends. One more thing. We know you're busy people, but go ahead and click to review and give us a five-star rating or comment on whichever podcast platform you listen to us on. Thanks. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.